Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of uh, Voice for the Unborn, the podcast that I just released about a week ago. So today I'm going to explain how my book, Letters from Brooklyn, came to life. If those are not familiar, um, it is in my first episode description under the show notes. You can search on Amazon and find my book called Letters from Brooklyn. Just search Letters from Brooklyn by Ashley Runner. It'll take you right to the link where you can buy the digital version of my story that basically was given to me all from God. A couple of years ago, I want to say it was in 2019, I had seen the headline that abortion was going to be discussed about in New York up to full term, which is 40 weeks, you guys. So those of you that have carried or those of you that have babies, because you know, you're you're maybe a man listening to this podcast and your wife or your girlfriend was pregnant or your sister even or whatever. You guys are familiar that 40 weeks is a full full grown baby. When that baby comes out, it has everything it needs to survive in this world. It has a heart, it has lungs, it has kidneys, it has a liver, you name it. It has everything it needs. New York was discussing back in 2019 of doing full term abortions. It struck me wrong and I did release a a video on my Facebook post that morning, just because I felt God urging me to use my voice. So I went online and I recorded a three minute video right before work, sitting in the parking lot actually. And I just let, let my heart out. And I just gave all the information that I could about, you know, birth control, there's abstinence, there's condoms, there's birth control pills. There's many options. There's even adoption. If you do decide, you know, I don't want this baby or I can't, provide for this baby, but I would like somebody else's family to be completed. So there's adoption. You can carry the baby and adopt the baby out once it's, you know, ready to be born. And I just let everybody hear my heart and hear what I was thinking. Then I, you know, got off Facebook and thought nothing of it. Well, within, I want to say a couple weeks, that video had received of seven thousand views or something, or maybe it was longer than a couple weeks. It might've been a couple months, but regardless, it got up to 7,000 views. So I was like taken aback by that. I was like, wow, are you serious? Because, you know, a lot of people don't support my side of being pro-life. A lot of people in this world are pro-choice and they're entitled to feel that way. So I didn't really feel I would get a lot of views and a lot of shares and a lot of good comments that I did get. Of course, you know, I always had the negative comments rolling through saying that you're taking our health care rights away or how dare you say this when you don't know what I'm going through or whatever the reason is people were trying to sway me to feel the other way or just trying to get me to understand that abortion is actually okay. But in my heart, you guys, abortion will never be okay. So that's why I created this podcast. Now back to the story, Letters from Brooklyn. After that video received all those views, I remember talking to my husband and I think he was just my boyfriend at the time because this was, yeah, this was January in 2019 and we got married in October of 2019. So I remember talking to him and I was just like, I can't believe my Facebook video got 7,000 views off of just releasing, you know, my feelings and my thoughts in a few three minute video. And his words to me were, wow, really? 7,000 views? And I said, yeah, that's like kind of viral a little bit. 
any other my other video any of my other videos I had posted didn't get that far as far as views goes. So, you know, again, I kind of thought nothing of it. That night I went to bed and I remember having the voice of God per se, or maybe my conscience, but given to me by God, telling me, imagine what you could do with your voice by speaking for the unborn if you were to write a book. And I was thinking, what? This is crazy. Like, I'm not going to write a book. I am too busy. I don't have time. You know, I have an... um, I have a seven-year-old. Well, at this time he wasn't seven. This time he was only, so he was born in 14. So this time he was five years old. And I was sitting there like, I have no time. I have two jobs because I was working at the gym. And then I was also working full-time at my other corporate job. And I was just thinking that that was crazy to even try and think about writing a book. So I kind of shrugged it off. Now, for those who are Christian or for those who've ever heard the voice of God, you don't necessarily have to be Christian to hear the voice of God. But I'm just saying for anybody who's heard the voice of God, when you know God is nudging you, you know he's persistent and you know God isn't impatient. So he will keep nudging you and he will keep putting that little persistence and nudge and voice in your brain and be like, hey, I'm talking to you. You need to listen up. So I remember I had just come home from the gym or something and I had to take a shower. Well, they say that when water hits your body, it just kind of lets all the creativity flow. A lot of artists actually go into the shower if they want the water to flow because it gives them the words that they need, whether to write a song, whether to write a book. I've heard this many times, actually. So I went ahead and took a shower because I needed to, not just because I wanted creativity to flow. And the voice was so clear, you guys. It came like, I can't even explain any other time I've heard God speak to me or God really nudge me to do something. I've been like, okay, yeah, no problem. But this specific time, it was like, hey, you are going to write a book and it's going to be about an abortion, but through a baby's point of view. And I was just like, wow, that is crazy. So immediately I hurried up because I was so excited to tell my husband. In fact, I think I wrapped the towel on me really quick and ran out the shower and he thought something had happened. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, dude, I'm going to write a book. And he just kind of looked at me like, what? You're going to write a book? And I was like, yes. And it's going to be about an abortion, but from a baby's point of view. And my uh, my own husband, you guys, was just like, wow, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I think I should, I think I should write a book on abortion from a baby's point of view. I think God is telling me to do this. And he actually supported me. And he said, you know, if God is telling you to write a book, then you need to write a book. So let's take you back a little bit. I was always really well at writing in in um, high school. I wrote papers all the time and my English teacher actually encouraged me to pursue writing, but I didn't have that on my heart at the time. So I was just like, you know what? Thank you. But I, I per- prefer not to write for a living or anything. I want to, I want to just enjoy my music because I'm a singer. If you caught the first podcast, you'll hear me singing Jesus Loves Little Children. That's me singing just a quick little clip to introduce, you know, the podcast. So I never really thought anything about writing, but I've enjoyed it. I do enjoy writing. I just never thought about making a book or creating a book. So I was nervous when I had to write this book about an abortion because it could go either way. You could have people hate it and slam me for it, which I've had, or you could have people fully support you and tell you great job for using your voice. You know, you're going to do big things. You're going to save a lot of lives. And that's awesome. And that's my goal, you guys. I said in the beginning, when I wrote this book, I said, if it saves one life, 
then I've done my job. I won't stop trying to save the unborn, but that book was created for the purpose of that soul child, even if it only saved one. And it has. I actually received a report a couple months after giving it to a friend that her niece decided to keep her baby after reading my book. And it was an amazing feeling, you guys, to know that my book was created to help save those unborn children. So back to the story, Letters from Brooklyn. I didn't know a lot about abortions. I just knew that people had them. I didn't know what the details were because to be honest, I didn't want to know. I didn't ever look into the graphic nature that it took to watch an abortion. And to this day, honestly, I've not ever seen an abortion happen, but I've read about them. It's traumatizing. It's something that no baby should ever go through. You know, and to this day, I say, you guys, if if there was a pregnant dog who was expecting to have puppies at any moment and you were to slice open its belly and just kill those puppies, the world would go crazy. They would absolutely go bananas. But these women out here are like, no, this is my body, my choice. I'm going to kill this so-called clump of cells. And we're talking it has fingers. It has toes. It has a beating heart. It has lungs. It has kidneys. That is not a clump of cells, you guys. That is a child. That is a child. And these people out there are trying to fight for the right to kill, which I just don't understand. I will never understand it. As I said earlier in this podcast, there's multiple ways you can prevent having a child. You could still have fun. You could still go out and whatever they want to do, I should say. They can still be intimate with somebody, but they can use protection. They can, you know, use the condoms. They can be put on birth control. Or if they don't want to get pregnant and they're scared of getting pregnant, they can be abstinent. There are multiple ways, but I honestly feel that sometimes people want to push their human rights so much that they're willing to get pregnant just so they can go have an abortion, just to prove, hey, I have rights. I'm going to kill this child because I have rights to. And that's just wrong. A lot of people are looking at abortion as birth control. It is not birth control. It is not birth control. Birth control controls you from from even getting pregnant. So, I mean, obviously I missed my pills. I got pregnant as you heard in my first podcast. So they're not hundred percent accurate. So if you are that afraid of getting pregnant, you can always use a backup plan, a backup protection. But back to letters from Brooklyn, I had to do my research. I had to go to the library and I had to read up on an abortion. And at first I was going to possibly discuss one of the easiest abortions, but I felt God urging me, you know what, you're going to be talking about an abortion through this book, but I want you to use the most extreme version. It's a dilation and extraction. These clamps go into the woman's uterus. Um, They open it up and then they proceed to uh, terminate the pregnancy by pulling on the baby with the clamps from limb to limb. And then they slice open the scalp and then they proceed to suck out the brain while the baby's still breathing. So it's very traumatic. It's very disgusting. And it is murder. It is murder. So my book was written from a baby's point of view to the moment of truth, whether the mother decides to go ahead and have the DNC or whether she decides to choose life. It is called, again, Letters from Brooklyn. It's available on Amazon for only $3.99. And it's, it's an amazing book, you guys. And I have to give God all the credit because when I was writing it, the words just literally came out of me. They spewed from me. And I did not know how each chapter was going to be, but God provided every single 
letter per se, because it's like a diary since the baby's talking to the mother and everything just flowed so naturally. And within four days, you guys, my book was completed. So once it was completed and, you know, I did this by going on my lunch break, sitting in my car, and then I would stay up till on a weeknight, you know, cause I work Monday through Friday. So I would stay up till sometimes 11, 12 o'clock at night and just leaving notes. And these notes would turn into these little chapters, you guys. And I, I reached out to my friend, Brittany Gutzweiler. She created Bold and Brave, Be Bold, Be Brave Publishing. I reached out to her because I had just seen her post that she was going to be owning a publishing company for a book. And I was like, wow, this is totally perfect timing. I just wrote this book. I need to share it with her. So I shared my vision with her and the storyline. And she was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I need to put this book on my label you know, on my, on my publishing label. So word goes around to my family, my friends, my church, my colleagues. And I started raising funds by doing little fundraisers that I got donated from um, companies. Like for instance, one of my friends sells money. She gave me a couple of money shampoos to, or a couple of money products to, to raffle off per se. So I would, I went and bought these little raffle tickets and I had an event via zoom because by the time this all happened, COVID had hit. And I felt like, you know what, I'm not going to let this deter me from my goal of getting this book out there. I'm going to do this however I have to do this. So everybody joined on a Zoom call and we had the fundraiser and then the gifts were distributed, you know, by delivering them to people's doorsteps or mailing them off or whatever. But it's funny because they say in the church that you need three, you need 10%, you need a tithe. The book cost me uh, $3,000. And yet I only had to pay for 300 out of pocket. Everything else was 100% financially provided. Again, from my colleagues, my friends, my church members, my family, anybody who supported me. And it was just amazing to see the support that I got for this book. That's how I know it was God-driven and it was going to be seen through. And that's how God works, you guys. When God puts something on your heart, whether you don't see the outcome and you don't think it can happen, God will provide. He will provide. And even in the end, up until the publishing and printing process of the book, because it took a while to edit and re-go over the words and make sure everything was written the way that it should be and that there were no errors and no typos and the the artwork, you know, I had my stepdaughter do the artwork because I want it to be childlike, like a diary. So everything, every vision was given to me from God. So again, book was written in four days. Book was paid for up to its 10% that I had to pay for. You know, I paid for, like I said, the 300 and the book cost 3000. Everything was paid for and they had installment plans. I really, really highly recommend Brittany's publishing company. If you ever need to get a book published and printed, I got a thousand copies printed and I only had to pay 300 bucks. That's a really good deal that Lord gave to me. And it was all from him. So I owe all glory to God when it comes to this book. And I'm just hoping that if you know somebody out there that's struggling with a pregnancy or that doesn't want to have a child and wants to know what their options are, or if you know somebody that's thinking of having an abortion and contemplating having an abortion, I encourage you to reach out to me. I will gladly give a copy of my book if it means saving a life. I don't care about the sales. I did not create this book for sales. I created this book to get the word out. I'm trying to distribute them in churches and pregnancy centers. To anybody who knows of a person contemplating an abortion, 
I would gladly just give one too. So reach out to me, you guys. But if you are available to purchase it on your Kindle and you want to read it that way, and you don't want to wait for the hard copy, you can just go on Amazon and click on the link and then have it right away. And the book is a short read. So when I was writing the book, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is kind of a small book. But at the same time, if I'm trying to talk to a woman about, hey, you know, you may not want this child, but I know there's other families out there that can't have children that would love to take your child from you and would be blessed to have this child in their family, you know, then I don't feel like the woman's going to want to read a Stephen King size novel. I feel like they're going to want to read a really quick 20, 30 minute read. And that's all that this book takes. It takes about 30 minutes to read. I speak fast. So obviously I read fast. I do a lot of things fast, really trying to slow it down for you guys on this podcast. But that is one thing I'm continuously working on. But the book itself, you guys, it is a quick read. And it was, again, all God-given visions that it needs to be a quick read for those who are in this state of mind, like I'm going to abort this baby. They're not going to want to sit there and read all this material, just a quick little read to get them to understand how alive that baby is inside them. So that's how Letters from Brooklyn came to life. And I'm super excited because over the next upcoming podcasts, I will be having my friend's daughter, Kylie George, narrate the book. So again, she's going to be playing the voice of Brooklyn. So I just ask for everybody to keep that in mind when she's reading. Even me, while I'm speaking, I make errors, but you know what? It's more real, you guys. I'm not going to sit there and try and edit and make my Zoom video recordings perfect for you because I'm a real person. I keep it down to earth. I have no filter. Often it gets me in trouble. But in this case, when I'm speaking up for something that I believe in and it's something for the greater good, then that's okay to not have a filter. It's okay to use your voice. And that's exactly what God did for me by giving me a voice to speak for all the little Brooklyns out there who are just waiting for their their chance at life. So I encourage you guys to just share this podcast, share my story, uh, purchase a copy of the book on Amazon or reach out to me for a free copy. If you don't have the source, the resources or finances, then I got you. I got you. Because you know what? God will provide me more books. So, but yes, please tune in to the next few podcasts as Kylie plays the voice of Brooklyn, and as I dive deeper into each chapter and how they came to life. Thank you guys so much for your time and have a blessed day.